The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event. With your host, Jason Sway. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope you are having a fantastic morning. It is Tuesday, best day of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we are two days away from Tennessee playing in its bowl game. Two days away. We are one day away from Tennessee playing Alabama on the road in a little round ball on the hardwood. Lots of lots of good stuff going on right now on the Hill. The Lady Vols took care of business against UTC. They are continuing to play at a high level, even without their best player, Ray, Ray Burrell. Shout out to Kelly Harper. She's doing a great job. She's doing a great job. No doubt about it. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. That is the number to the Iris Networks hotline. Just me today. Again, well, for a little bit. Just for about an hour and a half. Because today, we'll have Jonathan Wade, former Tennessee DB, former NFL DB, will join us. Around around 8.30. We'll have Austin Price, FallQuest.com. We'll have him on at around 9, 9.15. Uh, Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Tennessee still practicing at Vanderbilt Stadium. Getting ready for the Music City Bowl versus Purdue. When you look around the country, when you look around the country and you see some of the bowl games being canceled, I think it's pretty normal to cross your fingers and hope that the Music City Bowl won't be canceled. Let's hope. Let's hope. Because I know there's one team that wants to be there, and that's Tennessee. There's a team that needs this bowl game, that needs to win this bowl game. You always hear about momentum going into the spring, how important it is. For some programs, an L in the bowl game, will it move the needle? 
Not really. Not really. You, you look at Ohio State, it's always good to win. Don't get me wrong, but you think Ohio State winning a bowl game will build momentum for next year, move the needle that much? They are a program right now. If they're not competing for a championship, it's a failure. They got boat raced by Michigan. They got beat up by Michigan. They're not playing in the college football playoff. So if they lose to Utah, it hurt, yeah, it's a L, but it's not like they're climbing back from the ashes like Tennessee is. 2014 bowl game where Tennessee played some slow Big Ten team in the Tax Slayer Bowl. And that was important. Was that Purple Vandy? Was that Purple Vandy or was it Iowa in 2014? Which one was that? But that game was really important. Because that was the first bowl game under a new coach in his second year. That was to build that momentum that we saw be important in the 2015 season. For Tennessee, this year, that momentum is very, very important to continue to build on. Very important. So this team wants to be there. This team is set up to win this game. Tennessee is set up to win this game. Hennon Hooker has his has his all all of his offensive weapons. Now I don't know if K Mays is gonna go or not. Do know that Tennessee is trying to talk him into returning. I mean, who wouldn't try to do that? He's your best offensive lineman. He's your most NFL-ready offensive lineman. I think he could stand another year in college. But I also think that he also better strike while the iron is hot. Can Cade's iron remain hot in college and put himself in a better position to be drafted higher next year? I don't know. He has to make that decision. His team of people, his circle, has to make that decision. I don't know. But that would be fantastic if he was able to come back. We shall see. But Tennessee is set up to win this game. Indian Hooker, Sector Tillman, Jabari Small, all these dudes that were a little banged up during the season. Everyone is as as a hundred percent or as you're gonna be. So Tennessee is licking their chops. Cause this is a game that should be in their favor against a team that's not just a pushover. Offensively they'll be they'll be explosive. They'll make some plays on us. But I think when it's all said and done, Tennessee should be victorious. They should be. But we are right around the corner from that ball game. Rick Barnes talked to the media yesterday spoke about 
the upcoming matchup tomorrow versus Alabama on the road. First SEC road test. Passed a big test last week against Arizona, number one net ranking team. Tennessee jumped out on top and weathered every storm that Arizona tried to roar back with. Didn't work. Tennessee responded every single time and got the win. And now, bracketology love in Tennessee right now. Moving on up to the east side. Trying to get a piece of that pie. Tennessee is doing it. You go to ESPN.com, guess who's on the front page of the college basketball section? It's John Fulkerson. The top, not the bottom, at the top. He's at the top. Why? Because Tennessee is one of the teams that are moving up, that is, that is moving up with the latest movement with the bracketology. I know. It's, it's December. Does it really matter? Eh. Yeah, it is how you start, though, right? And how you finish. When it comes to seeding for the NCAA, you can, you know, the old saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. No, it's how you start and how you finish. And Tennessee is starting out uh, with a murderous non-conference schedule to start the year. Drop two, learn some big lessons. Those big lessons help them beat Arizona. And that's why they're moving up. Tennessee, Michigan State, USC all moving up in the Tennessee excuse me, in the men's bracket, and right now Tennessee is currently a number three seed. But Tennessee right now, front page, ESPN, college basketball section. That's big time, right? Huge. <laughs> Huge. Got a couple bowl games today. My favorite team, Houston, and my other favorite team, Texas Tech. We're taking on Auburn and Mississippi State. Why are they my favorite teams? Because today they're my favorite teams. Why? They're going up against SEC opponents. I will be rooting against every SEC team. And Vanderbilt's not in the ball game. I'm rooting against them and. I guess, what are they doing? I guess they're taking finals and stuff like that. I won't root against them doing that. They may have to take care of me one day. Take care of you one day. We need those players to, to make good grades when they go on to be doctors and lawyers and things like that. They may help us one day. But Houston, let's go. 20th ranked Houston Cougars taking on Auburn today at 12 p.m. Let's go, Houston. Let's get it. Texas Tech. Taking on Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl tonight at 6.45 p.m. Eastern. The Birmingham Bowl will feature Auburn and Houston. Question. I want to throw out to you right now. You can use the text box that is on your free Swain event app. 
You can hit us up. Hit me up on Twitter. A lot going on today. A lot of buttons pushing. Phones here, board here, computer here, iPad, iPad here. Three mouses over here. Or three mice. A lot going on. But I want to hear from you on this one. 865-255-03. You can also give us a call on the Iris Networks hotline. Should players in the transfer portal still play in the bowl game or be allowed to play in the bowl game? Should players in the transfer portal, guys that have made their decision, whether it's public, whether it's not, they're in the portal, do you allow them to play in the bowl game? Emory Jones, the Florida quarterback against Central Florida, our favorite team, go Knights. He's in the portal, but he he played in the game. He played in the game. What is your take on that? Download the free Sweat Event app for Android, Apple devices. You can view the show a couple different places, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook Live. Should players in the transfer portal be able to play? So we'll we'll take our first phone call and we'll go to a break and then we'll come back and uh, we'll keep this thing going. Jonathan Way will join us at 8.30, Austin Price at 9.15. Housekeeping rules for today because it's just me. If you call in, I'm putting you right through. Putting you right through. Just tell us who you who you are, where you're calling from, and um, no one's going to be able to pick up the phone and ask you how your day is doing and t- tell, you, tell you, you know, wish wish you a, a, a great day. And, hey, how you doing? We won't be able to do that today because it's just me. So uh, let's go to the phones and uh, see who we have with us this morning. Good morning. Oh, hold on, hold on. There we go. Good morning. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Got through one holiday, waiting for the next, and uh, trying to whet my appetite with some of these ball games, you know, getting ready for the feast, but uh, having a little bit of a harder time getting into them. But uh, with basketball coming tomorrow night and Big Orange on Thursday, why, that will, uh, you know, you know the, the the bad thing is we know that after the bowl game we got a really long nine months ahead of us. We do, uh, we do, Don. That's why you got to go to the bowl game, man. If you can, if you can go, go. Yeah, if you can go to basketball games. Go, go as many of them as you can because it's a period during the year where there's nothing. Right. I mean, you have to just kind of anticipate getting reports through spring practice and the spring game, and then. Just kind of follow recruiting along, and it, 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 it's difficult. Now, the baseball team last year made it somewhat <clears throat> not as difficult because it kept your attention uh, uh, all through the season in the tournament, but still it's not the same thing. Uh, and as far as your question goes, I assume if they can't leave school once they 
mounts are going into the portal. And like in the case with the kid at Florida, I mean, their other quarterback was out. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it was like beggars can't be choosy for them. Hey, if they'll play, we we, we got to have somebody. Though I will say, in watching that game, it did look like he'd already transferred. Weird, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it weird, Don? Yeah. I mean, he played awful. What was that when we played him back in September? I know, man. Uh, not fair. I, I, I want to play those guys when it's cold outside. It's like they put everything they had into the Alabama-Tennessee game, and then that was it. <laughs> I had nothing left. I mean, Central Florida just <clears throat> pushed them around, and, they, you know, they lost the Navy. They lost, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, some of the stuff that uh, – how Florida just absolutely fell out. I, I really think part of that was Mullins – Wanting out of that place, but for sure, uh, or whatever. I'm highly anticipating this game just to watch. I mean, to watch Hooker and our big number four uh, play another game. I, I, I mean, I want him to get his thousand yards, his tenth touchdown, and really, you know, blossom out there. Um, I was wondering, you know, one of the things about uh, our number four coming back is, you know, they kind of indicated maybe he didn't get that strong of a uh, uh, information back uh, looking good in the NFL as far as where he'd be drafted. Yeah, the draft grade. Yeah. How, how many How many UT receivers, like, oh, I don't know, the seventh-round choice, the undrafted free agent, third-round choice last year, has to go to the NFL and show out before it seems like the, quote, scouts and draft experts – realize how how good the wide receivers are coming out of this school. I mean, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, Don, I mean, it's – the way I look at it is if, if if I'm a scout, I have to treat every player as his own because it's not like you've had the same receiver coach. Let's say, let's say uh, you had the same coaching staff for 10 years, right? And right. you know that this – receiver is going to be developed because you know the wide receiver coach and it doesn't matter you know if the guy has 20 catches on the season or 100 catches on the season you know that this coach develops receivers then you're more comfortable and confident either drafting receiver higher than maybe you would have or signing a guy as a undrafted free agent because you know that he's going to be prepared well for Tennessee we've had Kevin Beard, we've had Zach Azani, we've had David Johnson, T. Martin. I mean, we've had all these different wide receiver coaches and different systems. So for the scouts, it's a little difficult to know, all right, are these guys being 100% developed? Now, when scouts come into town and they view practice, they talk. They talk. They go back to their, to their, um, to their organization. And word travels about, man, these guys are getting developed. These guys are not getting developed. Man, this is whew, this team is not really good. Word travels. Uh, coaching circles are very, very small. Um, and then you, you know, you, you find out kind of what the scouts are saying about a program and a position group. But right now, um, with these wide receivers, I think Valus Jones is a guy that's been around college football for a long time. He's he's been at USC. He's been around several different coaching coaching staffs. 
receiver coaches. He got he's had a chance to learn a lot of things that I think will help him in his evaluation. Uh, Javante Payton has been around the block as well. Cedric Tillman has an opportunity uh, next year to get himself drafted higher than I think he would have been if he came out this year. I think that he got his draft grade back, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't that desirable. And right. um, that's okay. That's that's okay. He had a fantastic year. Just because you have great numbers doesn't mean that you are ready to go to the NFL. It just means you had great right. numbers. There's other things you have to do, improve, and uh, develop to make sure that you will put yourself in the best position to get drafted um, and stay when you do get there. So uh, Tillman had an unbelievable season, still has a lot of work to do. Josh Heupel said that he's only scratched the surface of what he can be. I totally, 1,000% um, believe him. That's not just coach speak. I really, truly believe uh, and agree with Josh Heupel there. But Tennessee has a chance. You have a coaching staff that's not going anywhere, doesn't seem like. And Cody Burns has a chance. Now, he has to answer a lot of questions, but he has a chance to be the receiver coach for multiple years and develop a pipeline, develop a a um, a culture of guys being prepared when they get to the NFL. He had a good group this year of older players, and he gets – Credit for that, but at the same time, what he's really going to be judged on is how does he do with these younger players, the Callaways, the Hyatts, how he's going to develop develop those guys into pro prospects because it's easy to kind of inherit it, inherit a dude like Valus and inherit a guy like Javante Payton uh, and a Cedric Tillman that was coming on um, you know, a little bit late last year, and you give him credit for what he did this year, but it's about how many guys can you do it over and over and over? I remember when Jeff Scott was at Clemson, and he had multiple guys coming out of Clemson, getting drafted, going to the league. That's the way it's supposed to be, and that's how it used to be here at Tennessee when Pat Washington was a wide receiver coach, and he had the Eric Parkers who didn't who didn't get drafted, was working you know in a gym, and then boom, he goes to San Diego Chargers, and he is like their best receiver. You have you know Peerless Price, you have all these guys in the league. And they come from one receiver coach, one system under you know a school. That's when you start to get that 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 talk about. Oh yeah, that program is going to produce receivers, and they're going to be prepared. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. I, I've just well, I'm just kind of looking at you know Parker, uh, not Parker. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, the kid at San Diego now, um, Palmer. Oh yeah, 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 Josh, Josh Palmer. Yeah. You, you just look at Palmer now. He was drafted in the third round, which mm-hmm. kind of surprised some people. I think he had five catches on Sunday reading the stats. Um, yep. And then Marquez Callaway shows out any time quarterback gives him a chance. Yep. And Juwan's coming on out there. Yep. And after a while, you're thinking. I, I think uh, I was thinking last year that we might lead lead the league or, or lead the SEC in players drafted on the third day or undrafted that are active in the NFL. And you're like, okay, when is you guys going to get a clue? There's some pretty good talent here. If you just open your eyes, um, they, in, in, on the other hand, uh, you see a lot of washouts from, you know, well, I know a lot of times the teams that get a lot of attention because they're winning the Bama's the Georgia's or whatever. 
and they get these high draft choices, and it's not all the time, but it seems like they have um, you know one bust after another uh, once yep. they get in there. I think I think uh, the big running back that just never could do anything. Uh, I think maybe he's one of their Heisman winners or not. Which one? Bama. I'm trying to think. The great big guy. I know he's he played Bama? for the Colts. Yeah, for Bama. Yeah. He played for the Colts. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're the ones that initially drafted you mean, him. You, you mean Eddie Lacy? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. That was that was yeah that was Eddie Lacy. Yep, yeah. Green Bay. Yeah, he just never performed. He's always out of shape, et cetera. And of course, you look into those kind of things. But I am, uh, you know, like I say, I'm just looking forward to all of what we got coming up. Yep. Have you heard any rumors about a couple of our basketball players might be having a COVID issue? Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw the rumors, but um, I haven't I heard anything. Seen no, no yeah. official. Story, no, no, nothing, nothing concrete at at the very moment. Um, we'll see right. how it plays out. If I'm and if I'm Rick Barnes, Don. Uh, I mean, thanks for the phone call. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm Rick Barnes, I'm not, I'm not saying anything until like the very, very, very last second. I'm, number one, I'm not giving Alabama any, any advantages on preparing for for me. And uh, number two, you just, I mean, you could you can test out one day, and then a day or two later, test and be good to go. So I wouldn't make any. Any decisions in a hurry? You still got plenty of time. You got got plenty of time. You are Tennessee. You just just wait. You wait and see see what happens. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. It's time to take a break. I appreciate that phone call, Don. Got some, got some momentum though with the wide receivers, but now you gotta, you gotta do it every year. You got, you gotta take these young receivers, go prepare them for the next level. You want to be wide receiver you again? If you want to be a team that attracts the best receivers each and every year, you can't just use Cedric Tillman. You gotta have more. But think about those guys in the league. Don makes a really good point. Josh Palmer had multiple receiver coaches. He had like three. He had like three. I probably had three or four, but I know he had three. Because Coach Zani is the one who recruited him. Is the, is the one who discovered him and brought him in. Juwan's had a couple. Callaway's had a couple. It's not like Tennessee has like special water here that that guys drink and they become NFL receivers. Because the last couple of years, we've had different receiver coaches. Cody Burns has an opportunity to be here, develop guys to the next level, and truly get all that credit. He has that opportunity. It's there for the taking. We'll take our first break of the day. Swain event, Fuel by Daddy and Barbecue. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Stay with us. Be right back.
If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
Point Event, pointevent.com. Fuel by Daddy and Barbecue. Top listed barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Big thanks to Don for calling in, being part of the show. Question. Guys in the transfer portal, should they be able to play? The reason why I ask that is because one of your New Year's Six games, Michigan State, Pittsburgh cannot be farther apart on this topic. Cannot be farther apart. Mel Tucker, the head coach of Michigan State, Had seven guys hit the transfer portal after their last game. And one of those guys did not show up for their bowl game. Just one guy did not show up to Atlanta. Meaning the rest of the guys who are in the transfer portal, like they're going to be available, going to play. And Pat Narduzzi, the coach at Pittsburgh, is like, no. If you get into the transfer portal, that should be it. And he he referenced the Florida game, something that Don brought up, Emory Jones. How weird it was, how poorly it looked like Emory Jones had played in that game. He, He played poorly. It was not good. It was not pretty at all. And you just wonder, like, how, how, how are you able to do that? You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of being in, being in a relationship with somebody. Living together in this relationship. Let's say you have a lease on an apartment. Boyfriend, girlfriend, lease on the apartment. You break up, but y'all still live together. That's weird. That would be weird. Very, very, very weird. Pat Narduzzi says, I think it's a bad deal when you let guys go into the portal and still play for you. I just wonder what's what's this like in the locker room. Once you go into the portal, you're in the portal, and you can stay in the portal. That's Pat Narduzzi's view of it, which I totally get. You with us or you against us? Now, if you go into the portal and you decide to come out, depending on how you've handled your business, that's a whole other conversation. But to be in the portal and then play, that's one foot in, one foot out. I don't know how I would feel next to a guy that has one foot in, one foot out. I don't know how I would feel about a guy blocking for me that's halfway in it. Put my body on the line, and you're halfway in it. That's 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 really weird to me. GB Rilla says, that's a no for me, Swaino. I would be scared 
to depend on guys trying to leave my program. Jacob Copeland played in Florida's bowl game as well. This is weird. Florida Vol fan says Trent Richardson is the other Bama back. But it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was probably Trent Richardson who is is who Don was talking about because he's a bigger bust than uh, Eddie Lacy. Tremel says, um, Tremel from chat says, no, that's crazy because they quit on their team, but allowed to still play with the team. It's weird. I don't care how cool we are, how hard a guy plays when he when he actually played. How great he handles his business. The moment that player decides to get into the transfer portal, I would respect it. I would understand it. But then to play mentally, you you know he's not all in. You know it. You know he's not all in. How do you play with someone that you know is not all in? How do you be in a in a, in a relationship with somebody? that you know they're not all in. Don't you feel kind of weird? I would feel weird. Jack Roy says, why would you want a player in the portal to play for you? He's already leaving. If I am coach, I don't want him playing. Well, Mel Tucker, Michigan State. Michigan State. He has several guys in the portal, several guys playing. And he says, we have a few guys that have decided not to play. I support that. And we have some guys that are dealing with injuries that are either out or trying to play. On the players transferring or in the portal, says those are individual decisions the players are making. And I'm supporting them, one of the decisions that they do make. I just told the guys at the very beginning, at the onset, if you're in, you're in 100%. And if you're not in, let's communicate that and then we'll support you. And that's the way we're handling everything. Okay. Okay. If you say so, Mel. And maybe he needs the numbers, maybe he needs the bodies. To be able to play in this ball game, we've seen other teams that have canceled, not just because of COVID, but because you've had guys in the portal, you've had opt-outs, and the numbers just don't line up with you being able to play a real football game. I mean, trying to go out there and play with fifty players is, is tough. So maybe Bell is like, "Hey, we're trying to play this ball game. If I have to." Play some guys that are in the portal, then so be it. Maybe that's that's the reason. But that's again, that's still very weird to me. And maybe different coaches at different programs handle it differently. Obviously, right? Because Mel Tucker and Pat Narduzzi are. But every locker room is different. Every head coach's personality is different. Mel Tucker is someone that probably outside of Alabama, just thinking off the top of my head. One in the transfer portal, probably more than anybody. You look at Kentucky, they did a great job in the portal. But Michigan State did a great job too. They got a lot of starters. 
Crouch was a starter. He came from Tennessee. Had a DB that started. Came from Alabama. Their Heisman Trophy candidate, Doke Walker Award winner, Kenneth Walker the third. He was a transfer from Wake Forest. So I think he's still trying to maintain that that appeal to transfers because he knows he's going to need them in Michigan State. He's going to have to get those those SEC guys that didn't play or those ACC guys that didn't play and welcome them with open arms. And if he goes out there and has a Pat Narduzzi type of policy or viewpoint on it, maybe he scares away some transfers. Weird, though. Glad Tennessee doesn't have to deal, deal with that. So glad. Uh, Daniel, I have not heard anything about Bryce, uh, Bryce Young's age, the rumors. I've not heard. How is there no timeline on the portal, Andy Mizuno golfer? Like Henry T was in there for months. There needs to be a timeline. There needs to be more of a schedule put in place, and I look forward to that being a point of emphasis this offseason. That should be number one. Number one, transfer portal, NIL stuff, that should be number one, number two. GBO says, I think Mel Tucker will stand by what he's saying until it's not in his best interest to do so. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Smell says, blank that. Blank that. How do you go into a fight knowing your man's right? Your man's might run and you left to get jumped. Sorry, I translate everything into fights and battles in my mind. Hey, Tremel, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good example. It really is. I don't want to go to battle with somebody that's halfway in it. Mm-mm. No. I'm good. Just weird. SCVFL says they should be allowed, but I don't think as a coach you want them to. Roll with the guys that are going to be there moving forward. I'm just glad Tennessee doesn't have to deal with that. I'm just glad Tennessee does not have to deal with that. Yet. Who knows? It may it may show up. It may show up. Rick Barnes and Tennessee go on the road for tomorrow for their SEC opener. Have y'all seen this this Tennessee basketball schedule? SEC schedule? On the road? Y'all. This schedule will put hair in your chest. This SEC away schedule will put hair on these dudes' chests. Remember your drunk uncle? Back in the day, maybe just my drunk uncle. They thought it was funny to give you a sip. <laughs> give you a little sip before you 18. Get you a little sip now. This right here put hair on your chest. This bourbon right here put hair on your chest. This whiskey put hair on your chest. <laughs> 
And your mom would stop. He, 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 he not 21. Don't give him that. Everybody got that drunk uncle. Everybody has that uncle or cousin. But this schedule right here will put hair in your chest. This is a way schedule for Tennessee. Tomorrow at Alabama, you play at LSU, at Kentucky. How do you play at LSU twice? How does, how does that work? No, excuse me, you play LSU at home, excuse me. But you play at LSU, you play at Kentucky. Nobody's afraid of Vanderbilt, but their arena still weird. You play at Mississippi State. Out of conference, you play at, at Texas. That's going to be fun. But these next couple games on the road, SEC play, no joke. Alabama, LSU, Kentucky. But there's an opportunity to win and get a great seating. 14th ranked Tennessee Volunteers on the road tomorrow. 19th ranked Crimson Tide. And uh, Rick Barnes spoke about the SEC COVID rule change. You know, COVID is a virus that is uh, that is changing and all these Variants. We're gonna, well, we're gonna second variant now, and um, with those changes, you, you change some of the policies. And Rick Barnes commented on those policy, policies. He says, um, "When you think about it, if you have enough guys, if you're down guys, whatever the number is, I think if you have enough guys, and that number is probably seven or eight, you can play a game. I think you should go play. I think it speaks volumes to your team." When you know, yeah, we might not have our full deck with us, but we believe in you guys. You're on scholarship, so we will always try with everything we do to go play a game, whether it's here or on the road. That's how I feel about it, but that's how we feel about it. I just think if you got enough, you owe it to everyone involved to do the right thing, and that's people that have bought tickets for the games. I've seen enough in my lifetime in this sport to know that anything can happen during a basketball game. But it goes back mainly to if you have enough, you owe it to them to go play. Dang, Rick, Penny's already dead. You've already bodied him last week. You just gonna kick him? You gonna just kick him while he's dead, Rick? <laughs> Anybody wanna see a dead body? Rick's over here throwing dirt on Penny. You know he's halfway talking about Penny. I think Rick is right. Go play. Go play. You scared, you scared to lose because you don't have a full deck? Go play. You practice to play against another team. You didn't practice to practice again like the Tennessee did in Bridgestone Arena having a scrimmage. You practice to go play. Rick on Alabama called them an outstanding team. Mentioned that everyone goes through the the up and downs. Um, Alabama right now, I mean, they they've lost some games. I mean, their last game um, losing to to Davison, 
They're not they're not playing hot right now. They're nine and three. Lost to Davidson. Lost to lost to Memphis, two teams they should have beat. They lost to Iona. I mean, Alabama can look at their schedule right now and go, man, we should be undefeated. They should be undefeated. I mean, LSU is undefeated. They can look at their schedule and say the same thing. I mean, you beat a Gonzaga, a third-rated team in the country, a team that people think uh, should be one of the favorites to win the whole deal. You lose to Davidson. You lose to Memphis, but you beat Gonzaga. This is a team right now that's up and down. And they're more than capable of dropping 50 points and a half. They're more than capable. They got experienced guard play. And Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly. They got explosive freshmen and J.D. JD uh, Davison. I mean, you go see that Utah, excuse me, that um, Houston game, and you see J.D. Davison take over. Freshman, super explosive. You got the blonde blowout afro. Can't miss him. But he's super athletic. Big guard, can jump out the gym. So you got to keep him off the boards. And Rick Barnes talked about how important rebounding is. It was the difference in the game against Arizona. Going into the game against Arizona, did a little nervous about rebounding. Because you were going up against guys who, basically two seven-footers. It's like the Twin Towers. But they were certainly not David Robinson and Tim Duncan. But Tennessee was more physical than Arizona, played with more sense of urgency than Arizona, and Olivier Camwa was a menace on the block. Multiple blocks, even though one was called a foul, it was a block. But the shots that he affected that he didn't block, you add those in with the shots that he did block, and he probably saved Tennessee, what Rick Barnes said, 10 points. And that's the difference. Says he knows what Alabama, you know what they like to do. They like to attack the basket. So they are big into the analytics part of basketball where it's layups, it's three-pointers, free throws. So you attack the basket, you let it fly from three. It has not worked like it has last year, but this is a team in, in Alabama that last year started off slow and then found their rhythm and no one could stop them until the NCAA tournament. A lot of those guys are, are back. Um, so he's, so Rick says you certainly have to know their no personnel as much as anything going into this game, knowing that they're going to work hard at getting you into a rotation like in every game. I think rebounding is key. Like in most games, in a lot of ways, it's going to take a great effort. You think about some of their wins and the way they're capable of playing. We know they're explosive and can put up some numbers and can come in flurries. His team rebounding was, was dang good against Arizona. Says it's something that we really want to be good at. I think we have the ability to do that. I think now it gets down to are you willing to do it on nights when people are so uh, conscious of trying to keep you off the glass or trying to get to the glass. Can you do it? That takes it to the next level. Consistency. Consistency. 
takes it to the next level. Yesterday I talked about John Fulkerson. Last week talked about John Fulkerson. Great game against Arizona. Reminded me of the game he had against Kentucky in 2019. Now it's about doing it again. Olivier Camwa, great, great game against, against Arizona, but that was the first game against a team worth anything where he's brought that type of intensity, energy, production. Now it's about doing it again. Perfect opportunity tomorrow to do it. I'm with you, Rick Barnes. I'm with you. 865-255-03. Vol in Charlotte on the text box says, uh, my thing is how many players that transfer during high school recruiting are taking spots from players that come from high school. The transfer window shouldn't start until after National Signing Day in the spring. Stay open until after spring practice concludes. That's from Vol in Charlotte. Something has to change. Charlotte Vol, something has to change. Because it is affecting it is affecting high school players. A lot of high school players are not looked at as takes. They're not. Because schools say, hey man, we can we can address that position in the portal. Before the portal, it was so important to reach that maximum number of what, twenty five in recruiting class, right? And if you want to go over, you want to go over, then you can go over and then kind of count those numbers towards the next class. You can do that. Now, with the portal, teams are deliberately staying at 20, 19, 21. Saving spots for addition from the transfer portal. The portal was affecting high school athletes all across the country. And this is what I think was go- is going to happen. I think these players will treat the places like Wyoming, the places like Akron or Miami and Utah in uh, Ohio, those smaller schools. They'll treat those schools like JUCO. Before, you would go to JUCO if you didn't have the offer that you wanted. You didn't have enough offers or your grades wasn't on on point. You would go to JUCO, play a year, show that you can ball out, and then get recruited again and get some of those big offers. That's what Jonathan Johnson did a couple years ago when um, he was was coming out of Texas, didn't get a lot of offers, went went to JUCO, and then Coach Azani and them went down and got him. But I think with the transfer portal, high school kids will treat the smaller schools like JUCO. Like Jameer Gibbs went to Georgia Tech. Oh, Tennessee didn't want me coming out? Oh, this school didn't want me coming out of high school? Okay, I'll go to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is not a small school, but it's the perfect example here. Gibbs didn't get those offers he wanted out of high school. So he goes 
Georgia Tech, balls out for a year, and then boom, he's the portal, and now all those big schools, they want him now. And he goes to Alabama. So high school kids, are you good enough to play at the big school right now? Maybe. Maybe. But you better take that scholarship if it's at a lower school than maybe you wanted to play at. Take it. Go ball out for a year. And then hit the portal. And those big schools will be calling. They think about Jared Verse. All the big schools want him right now. They want a pass rusher. Changes. Josh Paul is changing. 865 is our telephone number. Hour two is around the corner. Man, we got a lot going on in hour number two. Jonathan Blake will join us. Co-host with me um, today, starting at 8.30. Austin Price will join us at 9.15. Getting a, a note from Nashville. Tennessee, Purdue. All right, Purdue. Don't be trying to cancel us on this, man. Ready to play. So we're trying to count. Hour two coming up. Stay with us.